I want to teach tonight on this thought, can a man be saved without baptism? Can a man be saved without baptism? Now, I'm going to start off in a little different angle before I get going tonight. But I want to start in 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and uh, the sixth verse. And I would like for us to try to make the babies happy. Praise God. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourish up in the words of faith and of good doctrine wherein, whereunto thou hast attained. Praise God. And I want you to look at this. Nourish up in the word of faith and of good doctrine. Praise God. Turn to 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, everybody say, doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Praise God. You may be seated. <coughs> We're living in a day and age now where everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We're living in a day and age of deception and lies. Praise God. We're living in a day of age right now where uh, if you can be deceived, you will be deceived. When they ask what shall be the sign of the return of the coming of Jesus Christ to take <clears throat> his bride away, the first thing he said, take heed that no man deceive you. He was saying, when I come back after my church, you're going to live in a very deceivable age amongst very deceiving people. Praise God. That's right. What are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm saying there are people out there today that are telling you you don't have to do many things to be saved today. <clears throat> and there are people out there who says, don't preach doctrine. Now, if you don't preach doctrine, you don't preach nothing. But the sign of the hour and the climate of the time is not to preach nothing. Because we're living now in the age of peace. And peace means no absolutes, no stands for anything. It means no war. And if you have nothing to contend for, 
then you have peace. That's the way the world's looking at it today. But I'm going to tell you that kind of peace is not peace. That kind of peace is nothing other than deception. And the man of sin will not want the church on, its ha on his hands, neither will he want the Jews on his hands, because them two have doctrine. They have a method that was taught to them by God and by Christ, and they stand for that. And there's those today who would like to take water baptism away from us, but they can't do it because it's in the Word of God. Amen. There are those today who would like to dilute it. Uh, one time we was preaching doctrine so strong in this city that the Assembly of God preacher up here waded out into a pond where we were baptizing in the park and he looked at his congregation on the bank and he said, I'll baptize you in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or Jesus' name, whichever one you want. He was a compromiser. And those that got baptized in Jesus' name by him, it didn't mean nothing because God don't accept that kind of a person. Now you say, well, Brother Elder, you ought not. You see, that's war. That's not the kind of peace the world wants. But I'm not here to bring peace. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring division. Now, if Jesus came to bring division, then if I preach his word, the word is the plumb line which will set you straight and in the paths of righteousness. How many of you want the plumb line to get a hold of your life? Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel good tonight. I said, I feel good tonight. If there's anything gets me excited, I'm a one God apostolic tongue-talking holy roller preacher. And if anything gets me excited, it's preaching on faith and divine healing. It's preaching on water baptism, uh, uh, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, uh, infilling of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, and the power of Christ, and a life of holiness. Uh, praise God. These are the fundamental parts of our foundation, of our church. And if we don't have them, we just might as well not gather. There's no compromise to it. Whew. And if you ever get the marvelous light of Jesus Christ in your eyes, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, you won't ever want to lose it. Praise God. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I was here the other morning in prayer and and I was praying and got in the Holy Spirit, praise God, or the Holy Ghost. I like to say the Holy Ghost. You know what the Holy Ghost is? There's a lot of difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. 
The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God and it's omnipresent and everywhere and even sinners can feel it and touch it, but not everybody can feel the Holy Ghost. You know what the Holy Ghost is? It's the Spirit of the deceased one in you. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, and I've got the spirit of the deceased one in me. Colossians 1 and 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah, praise God. Amen, amen, praise God. Hallelujah, and so you see, when I get going, they, I feel goosebumps on my back right now just talking about this. Hallelujah. Some of you folks aren't stirred up about nothing except your bills and your troubles and your trials. You ought to get excited about Jesus Christ and the gospel and the doctrine. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whew. I was sitting in my study this afternoon and said, we need to pull off another Kelly Howard somehow or another right away. Hallelujah. We need, a, we need another deal to throw out the net right now. I've been thinking about it for two weeks. I'm getting like Peter, bless God, and John. I'm about ready to go out and cause a fight, see if I can cause something to get saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm getting, you're looking at something just can't get satisfied with this never have been and don't intend to be and are not going to get. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo. I like preaching about Jesus' name baptism. I like it. I love it. I think it's great. And uh, when somebody comes up and says, if, if I'm not baptized, am I saved? I don't say you're going to hell. I say, well, let's take a look at the scriptures and the scriptures will answer that for you. How many of you believe the scriptures is your answer? The Bible. Do you believe the Holy Bible is the scriptures, the word of God? Do you believe that? Then if you believe that, then you believe the scriptures is your answer. You know what is my answer and my guide? This book right here. Say, well, it's what I think. No, I'm going to get on what you think in a little while. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I want you to turn with me to Mark, Matthew 16 and 18 through 16. And uh, I know a whole lot of things, uh, arguments, uh, probably know more arguments than most of you do. I've been in this thing for I don't even know how long as a preacher. I've been preaching for 22 years. Praise God. My wife said 23 the other day. Hallelujah. I'm getting old fast. I can't keep up with myself. Hallelujah. And uh, <clears throat> and in 20-some years in the ministry, and I, I, I wish that I'd have went to at least one or two years of Bible school. If I'd have went to one or two years of Bible school, uh, it would have helped a whole lot. Uh, it would have helped mostly in just knowing people in the organization and being looked up to as something smart, you know. Praise God. And, uh, and uh, if I'd evangelized for seven or eight years, well, that would even help more. That would have meant that I could preach out because I was uh, capable, you know. Praise God. Hallelujah. But uh, I didn't. I didn't do that. 
I went to the school of hard knocks. I got out on the street corners and preached. And uh, I got out there where they asked hard questions and threw tomatoes at you and and run motorcycles through your tent while you was preaching. And, uh, but you know, some of these guys don't know nothing about that either, hallelujah. And uh, I, I got in their church houses and debated them openly. There's a lot of these guys that's preached in the pulpit to somebody believe the message. You ought to try getting up in churches and preaching this message where they don't believe in that. I've done that. And I'd do it again tomorrow if I had the opportunity to. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And preached on street corners and tents and in houses. And I've been thrown out of houses and brought in the house. I've been fed donuts and hit in the head with a broom. And <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, I, you, don't you even look at me feeling sorry for me. I'm, I've had more fun than you've ever had. Hallelujah. Praise God. My wife's been with me in a whole lot of this stuff. Has she just sing for Jesus and pray and cry? And, and, and you would never know it. That might be why my girls are so wild. I never even thought about that. But my wife, she don't never talk. She just sits around and smiles. But she loves it when I get into a good Holy Ghost scrape every time. Sitting there with her eyes real big and smiling. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whew. I looked at my mother up here Tuesday night. I thought, my God, I don't believe she's got a grandchild alive that's got the drive in her that she's got. Nobody desires to fill her shoes. Isn't that a shame? Praise God. Praise God. I wish God do something to some of these young people. Give them a drive. Make them excel beyond what they ever thought they could do. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you can't do it in a day or two, and you can't do it in two or three years or two or five years. Brother, this is a long journey, and the sand in your shoes is going to tell whether you can keep on journeying or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in Matthew, the 16th chapter and the 18th verse, there was a little contest going on somewhere in the bushes on the hillside, maybe down by the Sea of Galilee. I'm not quite sure where all this little thing was going on, but Jesus asking his fellows, he said, uh, who do you think I am? And some of them was giving him all kinds of answers. But Peter, he jumped up and he gave the correct answer. And I could preach a sermon on this, but I'm after something else tonight. And he said, thou art the Christ. Simon Peter, verse 16 of the 16th chapter of Matthew. Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And in 17, Jesus answered said, blessed art thou Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this. What I'm preaching and teaching you tonight, you're going to have to get on your knees and pray and ask God to reveal this to you. Flesh and blood is not going to reveal this to you, but Christ is going to reveal this. Now, are you hungry for Christ to give you something? Are you hungry for Christ to give you something? Hallelujah. And he looked at him, he said, you're, you're far farther advanced than these other 11 boys are because God, my Father, has revealed to you who I am. 
Hallelujah. Now it's hard to preach on Jesus' name baptism without preaching on the Godhead. But I'm going to stay mostly with baptism tonight. You know, a little bunch once in a while, you kind of interlace, you know, uh, on that thing. You just have a hard time with it, praise God. But I'm here for a reason because I want you to look at verse 18. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Now, the name Peter means a pebble. But that's not what he was talking about. And upon this rock, upon this revelation that you have, Peter, that I... I am God. I am Christ. You know what Christ is? The anointed one from heaven. Uh, You have a revelation that I am God manifested in the flesh. That's the rock. A lot of folks say, well, I don't know how, how, I'm going to tell you something. Your life is never going to be nothing if you don't get this revelation in your life because this is the rock of ages. This is what your life is built on. And if you're building on something else, you're building on sand. And sooner or later, the flood's coming and going to wash you away. You gotta get on the rock. Hallelujah. And Jesus said unto Peter, look at this verse 18. Look at this. He said, I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail again. Now look at verse 19. And he said, I'm gonna give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What are you talking about, Brother Elder? Jesus giving Peter keys. Salvation has not arrived yet. That's right. Salvation has not arrived yet because the lamb has not been slain yet. Christ hadn't died for nobody's sins. Somebody get that little boy, help him sit down. Christ hasn't died for nobody in this verse of scripture. He's still got to go to Calvary. He's still got to die. He's still got to become the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He said, Peter, after that happens, you're going to have the keys to salvation in your hands. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loose, and whatever you bind is going to be bound. But you see, somebody said, well, wasn't Jesus very careless doing that? No, he sure wasn't because he told, he called Peter a devil one day. <laughs> he said, hey, you devil, get behind me. And uh, Peter uh, realized that the spirit that he was using wasn't from God, but it was of his own flesh. And then he denied the Christ three times. And, and when it was all said and done, Jesus said, uh, uh, Peter, you, you're going to feed my sheep? And he said, 
Yes, Lord. And he kept asking Peter, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? What are you, what are you saying, brother? I'm saying you got the keys in your hand, Peter, and I'm going to make you the man before the day of Pentecost. I'm going to build a man out of you, Peter, because when you use the keys... I don't believe it was an accident at Acts 2.38. He used the keys right. Praise God. Jesus Christ built that man. He drilled that man. He, he brought him to his knees. He brought him to his senses. Uh, he looked out there one day when Peter said, I'm going back to Babylon and I'm going back to the old life. And he went out there and feast. And Brother Mark Peter, he got excited. He come in here one night and he said, hey, you know, he, he did that twice. I said, yeah, 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 praise God. Brother Mark Peter been to Bible school and didn't know that, hallelujah. It's amazing what some of us folks never been to Bible school know. Hallelujah, praise God. And, and But you see, you remember the night you got the Holy Ghost? I would tell you, God's got a way of bringing you back to some things. He's got a way to bring you back to some things. Hallelujah. And Peter never would forget the first time he met the Lord. He was a seasoned fisherman. I knew after we fished for an hour and a half last night, we might as well went home. But we were so dumb and stubborn and enjoying the cool breeze, we stayed out there till. Well, we stayed there till we did see somebody catch one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's a seasoned fisherman. But buddy, you ain't never had no night until you have fished all night and caught no fishes. A lot of folks think fishing's fun, but if you're really fishing, fishing's work. Hard work. You ought to try to do it all night long. All night long. And the most wonderful thing about going fishing is, did you ever notice what folks say when people come in from fishing to a guy that's been fishing or anybody that's been fishing? What's the first thing they say? What'd you catch? How many were they? How big are they? And you just love to say nothing. Peter knew this feeling because he made a living at it. Now, if your belly's getting hungry because you're catching nothing, you'll really learn to catch fish good. Hallelujah. And for him to catch nothing all night long was frustrating enough. But the first time he ever met Jesus Christ, the Lord said, Cast your net out on the right side. You know, that's what a lot of folks need to do tonight. They wouldn't be so empty if they cast their net out on the right side. And when he did, 
He never in his life caught that many fish. They filled up boats full of fish and the nets were still breaking. And he never forgot that experience because he was a seasoned fisherman. But after he denied Christ and after he been asked by the Lord if he loved him he got discouraged and he said I'm going back to the old way I used to live and he ran off fishing and the Lord showed up where old Peter was and he said children have you any meat and they said Lord we've fished all night and there's no fish and he said, cast your net on the right side. They did it again. And when the nets filled up, Peter dove into the water. And he said, get away from me. I'm unclean. I'm naked. You know what my God said to him? He said, come on, Peter. He said, there's some meat here on the fire. Come and warm yourself and eat. And he bowed down before the Lord and begged him to get out of there. He was unworthy. You know, a lot of times we're unworthy, but he still loves us anyhow. I'm not going to serve Christ because I'm worthy. I'm going to serve Christ because I need him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was this man that God Jesus Christ built and gave the keys to eternal life. And in Acts 2.38, Peter uses those keys. Turn your Bibles to Acts 2.38. Now, I want to show you something in Acts 2.38. If I'm a man of God and you come to me and ask me what you should do to have eternal life. I'm not to hum-haul around about it, but to tell you what to do. And when I tell you what to do, that's what you're to do. That's a command, really. Commands can come in various forms. They can come in a gentle form. They can come in a boisterous, no good form. And they can come in a direct form. We hated direct orders in the Army. One of the most blood-curling direct orders there is in the Army is Alpha Team move up. Machine gun bullets flying everywhere, brother character. But you move up anyhow. Praise God. We like those gentle commands. We say, well, that's the right spirit. No, it's not really the right spirit. That's the attitude and spirit you take it and receive it in. The command, if the command is right, it's right. Whether it came like you liked it or didn't like it. 
Praise God. Praise God. There are some things that come in our life we don't like. Anybody in here going to confess there's things that come in your life you don't like? Huh? Why? Because they're going to change my thinking and change my ways. How many of you know you need your thinking changed and your ways changed? Hallelujah. Now listen to this verse 37. Listen to this verse real close. Now when Peter's preaching, and buddy, he, I don't have time tonight to go through Peter's sermon, but Peter is not preaching a beautiful sermon. He's looking at the people in front of him, and this is what a lot of these evangelists in Pentecost today don't know nothing about. Neither do the preachers and pastors but there's a lot of pastors exposed to it more than evangelists are. But Peter's looking at a bunch of people that just as soon kill you as go to the movies. And he's looking at them people and he's saying, you wicked people. Yeah. Better hope nobody out there's got a 357. Hello? You think I'm kidding around? You look in verse 23 and 24. That is, if you would get in your head what's in verse 23 and 24, you would find out, buddy, this is some more sermon. He said, you wicked people, he said, you were the determinate counsel through the foreknowledge of God. By your wicked hands, you crucified and slayed Jesus Christ, and you, you're going to stop him. But this Holy Ghost, you see, you can't stop him because this is Christ back. This is the spirit of the deceased one back. And he's getting in the hearts of these people that you can't stand. And when he was preaching this way, they were pricked in their hearts. They were convicted. Now look at verse 37. And they looked at him and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? To get this man's blood off our hands, what are we going to do? Peter looked at them and what did he say? Repent. I'm going to preach on repentance some other time. Not I'm preaching on baptism. Okay? Repent. Is that what he said? And be baptized, some of you. Huh? Every one of you. That don't mean you can be baptized if you want to, but it's not necessary. Hello. He said, and be baptized every one of you in the blessed Holy Trinity, in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Huh? No, no, no. Here's the man with the keys. Here's the man with the plan. And he's telling you what you got to do. What are you saying? I'm saying whatever he loosed in the earth is loosed. Whatever he loosed in heaven is loosed. Whatever he bound in the earth is bound. Whatever he bound in the heaven is bound. And nowhere's in this world will you find that Peter lets anything into heaven that's baptized Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Peter's going to stand there at that day. Even the Catholics say Peter's there. 
and he's going to stand there at that day and tell every one of those Catholics, you made this doctrine up. This ain't what I preach to you. You can't get in. Hallelujah. Praise God. He does guard the doors to heaven because Christ gave him that position. You're going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? It's right there in that verse. Why are you going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Huh? For the remission of your sins. Water baptism is not something we do by example of Christ or because we feel good or makes us feel better. We do it to get rid of our stinking nasty sins. Hallelujah. Man, I feel goosebumps on me tonight. Hallelujah. Now, he said here, for you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We'll preach on this promise some other time. Praise God. Right now we're preaching on water baptism tonight. I want you to turn with me to Acts 10 and 46. Praise God. This is Gentiles. Anybody in here a Jew tonight? You're a natural born Jew. I don't know any of them tonight. Any gold steins or gold bricks or gold bergs. Them Jews like that gold in front of their name. They just like gold, period. Hallelujah. Well, if there's no natural born Jew in here tonight, then everything in here is a Gentile. I don't care if you're black, Spanish, Caucasian, uh, Chinese, Indian, whatever you are, if you're here tonight, you're a Gentile. Hallelujah. Because the only thing that's not a Gentile is a Jew. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, in Acts the 10th chapter and the 46th verse, listen to what he says here. Well, I want to start in verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Acts 10, 44. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision, that means Jews, which were believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How do you know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then answered Peter. Now listen. 
If you get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, you gotta be baptized to be fully born. Jesus said, unless a man is born of water and of the Spirit, he can't get in the heaven of God. Uh, you could be born of the Spirit, but not of water and be half born. You could be born of water and not of the Spirit and be half born. Any half born child's gonna die. I finally heard a Baptist preacher admit the truth tonight. I thought I'd never hear one admit the truth. But I heard one say tonight uh, that when that boy got out of their Baptist church and got in the apostolic church, he found something because he said, we told folks he was delivered, but he never was. But you folks have really got him free. It ain't us. It isn't us. It's the truth. It's the God we serve. It'll get you free. There's a lot of living witnesses sitting on the pew in here tonight. Just wonder how many of you thank the Lord Jesus Christ for truth tonight. For the power that's in Christ Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. And these received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, then look at verse 47. Peter looked around at them, uh, them stiff-necked Jews who were uh, always thinking, well, uh, we, we can say who can be saved and who can't be saved, you know. I'm gonna tell you in the New Testament, Jesus Christ took that authority away from man. He gave it, he did invest it into the ministry. But I use that very carefully because there's too many ministers don't even know the power. You know, uh, you, can, uh, you can abuse your power. Do you ever see a little bitty kid get a hold of a baby kitten? I really don't like cats, but I don't like to watch little kids kill cats. Why, Brother Elder? Because it does something to a little kid's mind it shouldn't do. I said, oh, I thought you was worried about the cat. No. Worried about the kid. Praise God. And you take a little kid like Mandy here and give him a little, little kitty and they carried around by the throat, you know. Yeah, look at the kitty. <laughs> but when you turn loose a kitty, kitty don't move. There's a lot of preachers don't know what kind of power's in their hand. It's uh, not just good to let them carry a kitty around. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Praise God. A lot of preachers run on an eagle trip. Bless God, I can kick you out of the church or I can let you in. I don't believe in kicking nothing out of the church. I believe in preaching the word. The word will separate. If they don't love the word, they won't come. If they love the word, they'll be here. I love the word, I love the revelation, and I'm gonna preach the word. 
Now I'm back to where I was. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? Where, how did I come up with all this stuff? He had those stiff-necked Jewish boys there with him that thought they could give life and take life, but they couldn't. Only Christ can do that. But Peter turned around and looked at the situation, and he looked at those stiff-necked Jewish boys, and he said, Hey, you know something? Christ has done something here beyond our power. He has given these Gentiles the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if he has given them the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then they must be baptized in his name to have remission of sins the same as we. And he looked around at those and he said, can any man forbid water? Is there any of you in here against us baptizing these folks? Evidently, there wasn't nobody there or else uh, before they had time to vote, Peter, he changed the situation. He commanded. He commanded. Well, wait a minute, Peter. It wasn't up to these Jewish boys anyhow because it was you that has the keys to eternal life. Jesus gave them to you. And before anybody could say anything, he turned around and used the keys and commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You need to look at verse 11. I don't have time to go through the council and all that stuff, but in chapter 11 and verse, uh, what is it, 18? Yeah, I know it does, but I don't want to go through all of it. Praise God. In verse 18, all these were there. It said, when they heard these things, who heard these things? The council. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. When they were baptized with the Holy Ghost and were baptized in Jesus' name, then they were baptized into repentance unto life. I'm going to tell you that's the only way you're going to get life. Life and more abundantly. You're not going to get life and more abundantly any other way. Go ahead, keep on searching, but when you get tired of searching, come and get it. Come and get it. I'm glad I didn't tarry around. I'm glad I just got right on down to the water hole and got baptized in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. I didn't play around. I just got on down to the water hole. I looked up at them. I said, baptize me. And they looked at me like, well, you really want to be? I said, yeah, baptize me. Hallelujah. I didn't know whether they wanted to baptize me or not, but I really didn't care whether they wanted to baptize me or not. I wanted to be baptized. Hallelujah. You know, when you're ready to be baptized, we're ready to baptize you. Come on. Come on. You, what's so bad about being baptized in Jesus' name? Did Jesus ever do anything to you that was bad? Huh? Why, it's the greatest name on the face of the earth. Why wouldn't you want to take his name on in water baptism? Huh? Praise God. Come on. You know, we look at things so negative. When we ought to be looking at things so positive. Amen. Amen. 
sitting in my study and I listened to a preacher and I thought, oh my God, listen to this. We make martyrs out of our children when we ought to be making offensive soldiers out of them taking the country. But rather than teach our children that you're an example and teach our children it's your privilege and teach our children all these things, we teach our children, well, you can't help it because they attacked you. You can't help it because you're in the church and you can't help it because of this. And we make martyrs out of our kids instead of kids on fire for Jesus Christ attacking the devil and the strongholds of hell. about time you quit making martyrs out of your kids feeling sorry for them and start building in them something that they it's a privilege to live for Christ and get out there and take that mountain hallelujah all you're doing is petting your flesh anyhow and feeling sorry for, for them and really you're feeling sorry for yourself and putting it in them no, that's all for the subject, and I won't charge you any extra for it. Praise God. But I got to thinking, my God, am I glad I've been baptized in his name? Am I glad I'm one of his soldiers? Hallelujah. Oh, thank the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if you hearing this message again don't get you excited, you better get on your knees and pray till it gets you excited because, brother, this is what ought to be keeping you in the church. If you're coming for any other reason, what in the name of God are you here for? Tell me the story of Jesus. Tell me the story again. Tell me that story, most precious. Whoo! Sweetest that man's ever heard. My God. We got, we got our teeth dull on a sharp cracker. We need to sharpen up our teeth, bless God, and get out there and live for Jesus happy and on fire. I've been washed in his name and of him I'm not ashamed. I love Jesus most of all. I love Jesus enough I even told it to my boss on the job. I love Jesus' name baptism so much I told my Trinity buddy you ain't even saved if you're not baptized in Jesus' name. Blew his cork right out. When I got through with them, he knew they was two gods instead of three. And I said, oh my God, you're in worse shape now than he was. Mm. What are you saying? He commanded them to be baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody get Mark 16 and 15 for me and tell me what on earth Jesus Christ says. Mark 16 and 15. Read for me. Teaching to every creature. Read. 
He that thinketh, he that philosophically accepts, he that believes, everybody say, uth. You know what uth means? Continue to believe. He that believeth, what? And is what? And is what? Shall be what? Saved. And he that believeth not shall be saved anyhow. Huh? These are the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you don't believe and you're not baptized, you're going to be damned. Well, he said, well, here's old Peter. <laughs> He's standing up there at the gates. He said, was you baptized? Nope. Get out. Jesus said they're going to be damned. You know why? I'm going to be the boss running the city and I'm going to stand behind Peter because I gave him the keys. Did you see him come up there to the city to get in the gates and they say, you been baptized? Yes, sir. Said, how was you baptized? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Get out of here. I don't even know you. That ain't what I preached. You should have read the Bible. Yeah, quote it, Brother Paul, Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name given under heaven whereby man must be saved. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> they say, ah, oh, you people and your doctrine. You know why they hate our doctrine? Because it's steadfast and sure, and it's not phony and wishy-washy like their junk is, and they can't whip our doctrine. That's why they don't like our doctrine. <laughs> you better be glad, bless God, you got in the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You want to be free tonight? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm a free man. <laughs> I had a Trinity preacher sit down. He said, you know these Trinity preachers are so dumb. Well, if you know, if you know eight Trinitarian arguments, you know all of them. What are they, Brother Elder? Who was at the right hand of Jesus? What did Jesus mean when he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Uh... Well, the thief on the cross, that's the one I was talking about. Uh, who, who's... <laughs> I love for them Trinitarians to get to going on who hands the book to the one sitting in the throne. I love for them to get going on that one. I'm saying, wait a minute. 
You're saying the one that hands the book to the one sitting on the throne is Jesus Christ. He says, yeah, that's him. I said, and the one sitting in the throne is the old man daddy. He said, yep, that's right. I said, whew, I didn't know Jesus looked like that. He said, what do you mean? I said, why, he has the body of a lamb. He has seven horns on his head. He has seven eyes in his head. Man, I never thought Jesus looked like that. I mean, all the pictures I ever seen of Jesus on earth, he never looked like that. blows them Trinitarians wigs right off of their head man their eyes get big and look at me I said you dumb bunch of clucks you don't even know what's a symbol in the Bible do you Jesus Christ don't have seven horns on his head and seven eyes in his head he don't look like no fuzzy sheep I'll tell you what he looked like the last time John seen him in the temple you know what he looked like the last time John seen him in the church? Said his eyes are a flame of fire and his feet burn like they're in the furnace and his head is white like wool. And out of his mouth goes a two-edged sword. That's what he looks like. Yeah, just fool around with me for a little while. See what we come up with. He said, he said to me, he said, well, he said the thief was on the cross. And he said, Jesus said this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. said, how's come the thief was saved, but now you got to be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost, be saved. I said, because... Because, you know, Jesus hadn't died yet. So he said, I'll take you with me today. But after Jesus died, then started the new dispensation of grace. And you got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be saved. Them guys the rest of the scriptures around trying to keep from obeying the word you know what's wrong with them they walk in tradition and fear I had a Trinitarian Pentecostal preacher look at me right over there in the garage yes sir I'll tell you what his name is if it do any good but I don't think it do you any good he looked me right up in the face one day while I was running a router, carving out signs for the park department. Them signs you see over there, painted in little white, you know, and trimmed in maroon. I was running a router on them, and he looked me square in the eyes, tears. I hadn't been preaching to him. You know, I was with a sinner woman today. I just went over there because she asked me to. You know, I didn't say one earthly thing to her. I just run around going ooh and ah and stuff like that, you know. And she says, I know you don't like my pants. <laughs> I said, well, really, I hadn't thought much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't bothering me. I see lots of women in pants, you know. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Evidently, she must have knew I didn't like them. Hallelujah. Praise God. He looked at me. I hadn't been preaching to him or nothing. I'm running a router, cutting out, you know, letters. 
You know, don't you, Brother Lewis? Praise God. And I looked up and big old tears run down there. And he said to me, he said, you've got the truth. He said, you're preaching the right message. And he, he evidently knew the spirit of this city. He's an old preacher in this city. You know what the spirit of this city is? The devil in this city is. And the spirit of this city is compromise. Worldly compromising spirit. It's got even a hold of this church. And he looked at me. He'd been an old preacher in this city. And he said, don't ever quit what you're doing. Don't ever quit preaching what you're preaching. And I looked at him, and I shut that router off. I said, wait a minute. If you know I'm preaching the truth, how come you're not getting in the truth and helping me preach it? And he said, I would, Carl. But he said, my wife will leave me. And he said, I'm not going to do it because I don't want her to leave me. driving down the highway this week and I was driving through this city there's a boy pastoring a church in this city a lot of you saints don't know it this boy sitting here didn't know it but I pointed that church out and I said you see the pastor of that city he said yeah I said my children grew up with him I said they've been in my home many times and that boy knows all about Jesus' name, baptism, name, filling the Holy Ghost. I'm not even too sure but what he might have been baptized. Did we baptize him, Sister Elder? I thought we did. He knows Jesus' name, baptism, and the Holy Ghost. He, he had the Holy Ghost all over him talking to him. He sat and talked to me by the hours and crying and everything. And he, he pastors a church over in the Spanish section of this city. And he knows all about Jesus' name, baptism, and he knows all about the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but he ain't going to do it. You know why he ain't going to do it? He wanted to please his mama, whose daddy was a Baptist preacher. You know what his mama is? A hell-raising idiot. But he wanted to do it to please his mama. Why are you saying these things, Brother El? I'm saying if tradition and the rudiments of the world can stop you, they will. When you see this marvelous light, you better run to this light while you can. I don't believe I can even reach those people anymore. Why do you say that, Brother Elder? Because, because when God touches you, it's better than me preaching to you. And when you reject God and reject the Spirit of God and reject the power of God and reject the Word of God, what can a man do? I want you to turn with me to Colossians, the second chapter. Colossians, the second chapter. The seventh verse. We are what? Rooted and built up in them. Did you know this is not a Trinitarian Bible? 
Does your Bible say them? Mine says him. It doesn't say them. We're rooted up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Paul is preaching to the Colossian church that's already been baptized in Jesus' name, that's already received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's the reason why he's writing this way. I'm in Colossians 2 and 8. Now, are you going to read with me Colossians 2 and 8 and pay close attention? Because this is exactly what is happening to too many people in the world today. In Colossians 2 and 8, beware lest any man, what? I want to ask you something. How do you fix spoiled meat for supper? Hmm? How do you fix spoiled vegetables for supper? Anybody in here eat spoiled vegetables? I was going to say, come over to the house, I'll give you some fresh. I want you to notice the difference. Anybody in here drink sour milk? You know, I can stick my, I can stick my nose up to a glass of milk. I always take a, you know, before I take a drink. And there's something about milk, buddy, if it's the least bit tainted. When I go to take a drink of milk and I go, I stop. And they say, mmm. I don't drink it. Sour milk will make me sicker. Whew. I wish it'd do it to the cow that gave it like that. Say, so, well, it's a little bit, you know, I've seen folks pull out bread that's got mold all over and say, oh, it's okay, just cut it off, eat it. I ain't cutting it off and eating it. I don't eat dog food either. What are you saying, brother? When something is spoiled, what's wrong with it? Huh? It's ruined. It's completely ruined. It's not profitable anymore for anything. I want to ask you something. Are some of you folks in here going to let somebody ruin you for life? You say, well, Brother Elder, I'm going to tell you something. You're the one that's going to give account to God for your soul. So what you going to do, Brother Elder? I'm getting your blood off my hands right now. I'm preaching to you. You understand what I'm saying? I'm preaching to you. He said it here in the 8th verse, Beware! And I seen a big old sign the other day that says, Beware the bad dog. <laughs> you remember that sign, Brother Gary? I didn't shut the motor off in the truck and say, Let's go up and see how bad that dude is. <laughs> I 
Well, look, Gary said, look at that bad dog sign up here. I put it in reverse and backed out and took off. So that's a Doberman Pincherman. Anybody can handle one of them. Well, maybe anybody can, but I ain't. Well, Brother Elder, you always telling us how tough you are. Yeah, but I ain't going to tell you how stupid I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beware. Do you know what the word beware means? It means watch out. It means get away from. Oh, Brother Elder. You know what saints tell me all the time? Oh, Brother Elder, they're just my cousin. It won't make no difference if they're a devil. They're just my cousin, and it won't hurt. Man, no, it ain't going to hurt. You know what it's going to do? It's going to kill. Some of you trying your best to raise your kids up good and right and then take them to a bunch of devilish relatives to ruin them. Wasting all your time, efforts, and energy in prayers. Hallelujah. At least I know two of them's awake in here. <laughs> Lest any man ruin you Amen. for life. When you're spoiled, you're spoiled. Oof. Well, that's not good. Wife, don't tell me my kids are spoiled no more. I'd hate to think they're running for life. Hallelujah. Praise God. That was a discouraging thought. What are they going to spoil you through? Philosophy. You know what philosophy is? Philophis, philo yeah. <laughs> it goes something like this. Well, I know the Bible says that, but you know, God don't really mean that. And besides, you know, there's all kinds of ways to interpret that verse, you know. I mean, you know, the Bible really don't mean what it says anyhow, you know. That's philosophy. That's their philosophy. And they can spoil you and ruin you through their philosophy. You gonna let them ruin you? We'll tell them. You know what I tell them when they come to me at that? I say, get out of here with your junk. If you don't believe the Bible, leave me alone. You believe the Bible? Oh, 
Oh, yes. No, you don't. Look what it says. Well, I said that's what it says for you and me. You know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And I'll tell you something else. What's good for the gander is good for the goose. You know, we got a lot of things today. When, when I was, a, well, you know, when I was a little kid, men run the house, you know. So they say, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, you know, because the man was always running the house. But anymore, the women run the house. So you better say, what's good for the gander is good for the goose. <laughs> oh, it got quiet on that. <laughs> Mm, I must have rent the spear. <laughs> Beware, lest they spoil you through philosophy. Your wife's got a lot of philosophy. Your husband's got a lot of philosophy. Your kids got a lot of philosophy. You better not listen to philosophy. You better listen to thus saith the Lord God. The word. Hello! It ain't that late, bless God. It's only quarter after nine. You'd be home in your second game of Uno right now and your third bottle of Pepsi. No wonder you're such a mess to pastor. Anybody drink Pepsi, would have to be a mess to pastor. Hallelujah. Praise God. After the tradition of men. Man, I don't have time to get on the tradition of men. That'd take me a long time. What about the tradition of your boss? Come on. I'm not living according to my boss. My boss is not going to the gate and going to say, well, uh, you ought to let Carl Elder in because I was the one that messed him up. Ain't nothing messed up getting in. And that's what you get for listening to a messed up boss. Woo. Hello, I said not after the tradition. The tradition of men. I want to tell you Spanish people something. You got a tradition just like us white folks do. Well, I guarantee you, you Spanish folks sit around and say, well, that's not the way Spanish people do. Well, Caucasians do the same thing. Well, it ain't the way we do. And the black folk, it ain't the way we do. Let me tell you how we do in here, the way the Bible says. In here, we ain't black, white, and Spanish, honey. We saved. We line up to the word of God. 
Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, you Spanish people that got traditions that destroy you, just like us white folks got tradition that'll destroy us. You got to get rid of the tradition of men. Woo. That's stout, brother. Like old brother, brother uh, Westberg said, that's straight. That's right. That's tight. But it's right. Hallelujah. How many of you want what's right tonight? Praise God. Now, and the rudiments of the world. I looked up rudiments of the world. I don't think you're ready for this one. I don't believe you folks are ready for this one. The rudiments of the world. You know, we talk about elements of the world and all these kind of things in the world. But when I really got to running rudiments down tonight, it was worse than I ever thought it could be. Do you know what rudiments means? Rudiment means for your growth to be stunted for life in its early growth. I've seen Christians who got 20, 30 years in the church with about three months experience. Somewhere's coming into the church, the rudiments of the world stunted their growth in Christ Jesus. And they never have developed into what Christ saved them for. He said, beware. Beware. You watch out for this. Don't let this happen to you. Well, you got off of baptism somewhere, Brother Elder. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Paul was teaching the Colossian church about this. The Colossian church was having some problems. And that's why he got into this. Now let's go on down through here. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I believe Brother Doug put that out there on the sign. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. He's teaching them. They ain't no use to look for another. You found it. Hello? Amen. Now let's go on. In whom also you are circumcised with circumcision made without hand. You know what circumcision is? It's cutting off that which is unprofitable. It's cutting off that which is not necessary. And he said, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, somebody said, well, when you go down in a watery tank and are baptized Jesus, brother, what's that do? It cuts off the old stuff in your life that's not necessary anymore. He said, you are, you are given a circumcision made without hands who done this circumcision in the water Jesus Christ did he cut this part out of your life 
and makes you a new creature in water baptism. It's an operation made, an operation. Hey, buddy, when you go down in the water baptismal tank, there's an operation takes place. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are new. I'm walking the new road. I got rid of my old heavy load. You know, I wonder how many of you folks been sitting in this church didn't even know that. Well, it's my fault because I should have been teaching you. Hallelujah. Now listen. In whom you're circumcised, verse 11, circumcision made without hand and the putting off of the body of sin, the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. Where in the world did this happen at? Verse 13. No, verse 12. Buried with him. Buried with Jesus Christ. Buried with Jesus Christ. Buried with. Why are you buried with Jesus Christ? Because you're buried in His name. When you did you know when you go down in the water in Jesus Christ's name, you take on His name, and when you take on His name, you know what you get? His blood applied to you. Well, you say somebody said, "Well, no, brother, that's not." Yes, brother, that's true. That's where you got remission of sins. The blood was applied in the water baptismal tank and you got remission of sins. When I was born in the elder family, I got elder blood. When I was baptized in Jesus' name, <laughs> I got Jesus' blood in me. That's right. The old boy said that's not half right. That's exactly right. Hallelujah. I'm buried with him in baptism. That ought to be enough to make you run and jump in the baptismal tank. Stand up, Sister Luann. This is one of the best women I ever pastored right here. She made it easy to get baptized. She wanted to get baptized so much, she ran and jumped in the baptismal tank and was going to baptize herself. And somebody said, no, you wait till the preacher does it. That's the way you ought to be. You ought to just, hey, boy, if that's what else is going to happen in baptism, I'm going to go get in the baptism tank. Oh, I'm glad I've been baptized and I ain't ashamed. I ain't ashamed. I ain't ashamed. Mm. Hallelujah. So I didn't know all that happened when I got baptism. All that happened when you got baptized. Amen. Praise God. Buried with him. So you're risen with him. Well, Jesus said, man's, man's born of water and of the spirit. You see, you was born in the water. You say, well, how was I born in the water, brother elder? Because we didn't leave you down there and die. Amen. And when you came up out of there, you was a new creature in Christ Jesus. You got his name on you. You got his blood applied to you. You was born in the water. You come out of there brand new creature. 
all your sins. You know, you know, if I knew your sins and I had a great big, find it for me, Sister Elder. I was going to look for it and I didn't do it. Uh, in the book of Psalms, as far as the east is to the west, as your sins uh, been blotted out. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you know, if you had your, had your sins up here so everybody could read them on a great big blackboard all the way across this here, you know, and everybody look up there and it said Carl Elder up there and had all of his sins up there and, and you'd be sitting there reading my sins and I'd run up there and jump in the baptismal tank and I'd look at the preacher and say baptize me in Jesus name for the remission of my sins and he baptized me in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins before you could get all my sins read there'd be a big old eraser up here just erasing them <laughs> erasing them <laughs> well getting rid of every one of them <laughs> hallelujah whoa praise God Where's it at, honey? Psalms 103, 12, read it if somebody has it. As far as the east is to the west, so far has he removed the, my transgression, my sins. Now listen to me. I quoted the scripture to you, but listen to me. There is no east pole and there is no west pole. There's a north pole and a south pole. There's a beginning of one and an ending of another. But David's has said for as east is to the west, there's no east pole and there's no west pole. There's no beginning of one and ending of the other. And he said, that's how far he removed my sins. What are you talking about? He said, they can't be found. They're gone. That's what water baptism does. God, I get goosebumps and chill bumps. I got something standing up in my hair up here. Hallelujah. Woo. You don't get that excited over Jesus' name baptism. I suggest you get down here and repent and do it again until it means something to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This ain't something I did when I was a kid and bless God. No, honey, this is something I did and I'm thankful for and glad for and love and appreciate and gonna thank God till the day they stick me in a casket. Hallelujah. I'm glad I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. This ain't something you do to get in this church and Brother Elder accept you, honey. This is something you do to get in Christ's church and he accepts you clear in. You might get in this little old place of red pews and red carpets and stuff. Mom will tell you something, this ain't the final end. You better hope you get on streets of gold. You better hope you're sitting down there, hallelujah, underneath that old tree of life. You better hope to God you're drinking out of the river of life, hallelujah. I'm going to a city, hallelujah, where you never, never grow old. Because I took this name on in water baptism. Come on, hallelujah, sister, I'll stand up, praise God. Praise God, praise God, everybody stand up, it's uh, tired of sitting down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Woo. hallelujah. I want the church to pray. Hallelujah, I want the church to thank the Lord. They've been baptized in Jesus' name. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. I want you to thank the Lord you've been baptized in Jesus' name. 
If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name and you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, come on. Let's do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm ready. And Jesus is ready. Hallelujah. The Lord wants you to be baptized tonight. The Lord wants you to be baptized tonight. Not according to the tradition of men. Not according to the rudiments of the world. Hallelujah. I want this church to pray. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 By the Spirit of the Lord God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's pride? Oh, come and be baptized into the body and forevermore abide. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's pride? Oh, come and be baptized into the body and forevermore abide. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's pride? Come and be Baptized into the body and forevermore abide. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's pride? Oh, come and be baptized into the body and forevermore abide. Oh, are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's pride? Come and be baptized to the body and forevermore abide. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Said He's wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me. From all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer. Praise His name. I know He's wonderful, wonderful. Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace. Mighty God is He. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer. Praise His name. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. Counselor, please, I need 
Praise God. Pray for me. I think they got that out of the baptistry tank. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, this joy I have, Jesus give to me. This joy I have, Jesus give to me. This joy, Jesus give to me. Jesus give it and the world can't take it away. I know this joy I have, Jesus give it to me. This joy I have, Jesus give to me. This joy, Jesus give to me. Jesus give it and the world can't take it away. This joy I have, Jesus give to me. This joy I have, Jesus give to me. This joy, all oh, this joy I have. Jesus give to me, Jesus give it, and the world can't take it away. This Holy Ghost I have, Jesus give it to me. This Holy Ghost I have. Jesus give it to me, this Holy Ghost I have. Jesus give it and the world can't take it away. I know this Holy Ghost I have. Jesus give it to me, this Holy Ghost I have. Jesus give it to me, this Holy Ghost I have. Jesus give it to me.
Garcia, we thank you tonight for the privilege of baptizing you. And we praise you, God, tonight for your acceptance unto him to walk in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And we baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Praise God. Hallelujah.